were pretty lucky to have Leo agree to be our first guest. We ended the pilot kind of excited about how this was going to go, who our guests would be. And yeah, you're right. Leo has agreed. So let's talk a bit about Leo Titero. This is a glimpse into someone we find to be fabulous, someone who is able to adapt to change and see these things that have happened to him over the years in a positive light. And this is our chance to share that with everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, really what we're trying to do is capture Leo's zest for life and share that with others. I'll tell you what I know about Leo. I'll tell you what I like. Leo grew up in rural Ontario. I know that he has a fabulous mother who taught him many, many things, including cooking apple pie that is absolutely scrumptious and scones and butter tarts and the list goes on and on. He knows how to dance, formal <laughs> dancing. He knows how to fold a napkin like nobody's business. Leo is the event planner extraordinaire and he is also an exceptional human being. Oh, he's going to love that. <laughs> okay, so there you go. That's what I know about Leo. Before we go into the conversation we had with Leo, we should talk maybe a bit about how we know him and why we wanted to interview him. Leo was my first real boss. Uh, happened to be at McGill, and I worked with him when I was doing events, and he was my mentor. And that was over 10 years ago. And I have to say, it was an amazing two years working with him. I learned so much about how to organize events, how to make sure everybody's having a great time. And, you know, it's one of those experiences that you kind of always go back to, you think about and kind of formed who you are and how you do things. And I learned how to be very, very organized. Yes. And I learned that from both of you too. I came into McGill while you guys were already an established team. So it was great to, to yeah, come in and were... get to know you. Yes. And learn from you both together. Yes. Because you were the communications complement, right? So like when we would plan an event and we'd have to get everything organized, you were almost like our other part of our team, our comp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we were essential parts to all of it. And I think, yeah, we worked really well together. And the fact that we worked so well together, it kind of spilled over, right, out of work life. And that's how you know him for more than 10 years and, and me getting to that too. And he's still, he's still a part of our lives, but from a distance, right? Exactly. He's very far away and he moves across the ocean or the pond as they call it. He lives in France right now with his husband, Emmanuel, and he still does event planning there. Even though technically retired here in Canada when he left, he still has weddings there. He still plans events and he, he blogs also about his life in France, about highlights of places you can visit, the culture there. He really likes to engage with people, maintain a certain level of excitement. And you kind of get the impression that he really took advantage of what this change was for him. He really went with it and is still going with it. And that was part of what inspired us, right, to ask him mm -hmm. to be our guest, because it seems like moving for him was amazing. And for so many people, moving is part of our lives. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we end up moving to another country and not always because we want to or not knowing what we're going to do when we do that. And he did that big, huge change. And we thought, like you say, he's such a mentor. He's always been very good at, at wanting to share wisdom and wanting to, to teach. There's an aspect of Leo that's very educational. You're so right. <laughs> 
you're so right. It's it's very humble in the sense that he's really giving you what he believes is right and what he has learned through his experience and it comes from a very kind place. So it's been so long. I don't know. The last time I spoke to Leo before this interview was probably four or five months ago. Wow, me, it's been longer. It's been years, I think. I know. I'm excited now. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. Let's talk to Leo. Yeah, so let's see where Leo is today. So where am I in my life right now? Well, I'm uh, I'm 54. This turning 55, actually. Ah, you don't look this a year. day past 35. Oh, aren't you sweet? <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> um, no, I'm uh, I'm 55, so I'm actually sort of at the cusp of retirement. Retirement is certainly coming. Not that I'd ever fully retire, because I'll always do events. But, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've had the big career. I've worked, you know, in major institutions, and that's behind me now. And now I just want to focus on uh, my life with my husband and, uh, and working with a few clients and enjoying uh, our life in France, which, uh, which has just been wonderful since the moment we moved here. So speaking about moving to, to France, it's mm-hmm. another culture. It's a huge change. You change mm-hmm. continents. And why did you do this to start off with? Well, first of all, uh, my husband is French. He's also Canadian. And he got his citizenship when we lived in Canada. And now we're doing the, the reverse. I'm getting my citizenship here in France. So this will allow us to, to travel or live in either of the countries or all over Europe easily. So that, that was definitely one of the big reasons we did it. The other reason was to to get closer to his family. We had always lived in Canada, close to all of my friends and family, and never close to his. And we felt that it was time to just make that change. His parents were getting a little older, and uh, and so I was, was so happy to uh, to have done that. And I got to actually live with my mother-in-law for an entire year. How did that go? Well, it sounds a little <laughs> weird because, you know, they would say things like, les enfants à table. And I'd, I'd be looking around the room and I'm like, where are the children? What children are they talking about? You are the children, right? <laughs> exactly. I was the 50-year-old child. Oh, so but cute. it was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, my in-laws are adorable. So unfortunately, my mother did pass away recently. And, uh, and so I just cherish the time that we spent together. She taught me all of my husband's favorite foods in French. <laughs> Truly, and uh, and more. I certainly have expanded my repertoire when it comes to cooking. You know, I cooked with her almost every day, sometimes twice a day. So uh, that was that was just it was wonderful because I finally got to meet and really know my mother-in-law or my belle-mère. And you know, when you have in-laws or family who are far away, you only get to see them a few times. So exactly. you know, it was like I had only met her maybe ten times in my life. So having that, the ability to live with them was, was just great. It really was, uh, it was a, a blessing, really. Did it help you get to know Emmanuel better? Yeah, a bit, a bit. I remember, um, I have a cute anecdote. His family is, you know, they're all French and they, they share their emotions much more than, than my family certainly did. And I wasn't that bilingual when I first moved. And so when conversations would be in fast 
French. Mm-hmm. I kind of get lost a bit. And, and one day I was in my bedroom and I could hear them yelling. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what has happened? Something <laughs> terrible has happened. Like, they were yelling at each other. And then Emmanuel comes into the room, and I'm all pensive. And I said, what, what was that? What, what? And he's like, oh, we're, we're just figuring out whether we're going to go to the river or the beach tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, all of that emotion for that? <laughs> it was, that was definitely a cultural uh, shock, uh, you know, but I must say, living in France, you do share your emotions a lot more. And I must say, I do enjoy that. People are more frank and more direct here. And uh, when they're not happy, they tell you. And I, I rather enjoy that. With every decision, right, there's always that risk of regret, which sometimes, you know, makes us avoid certain decisions or making certain changes. And yeah, especially the big ones, right? The biggest decisions we make, you know, leaving someone or, you know, going to a different school if you're studying, changing careers or even moving and especially moving, like in Leo's case, moving so far away. I wonder if Leo has any regrets with that decision that he made. Regrets? Not really. I I miss my friends. I miss my family. But I don't have any regrets for moving here. No, it was probably one of the best things I ever did in my life. I arrived here and I was only 49 years old. I celebrated my 50th birthday in Rome. You know, that was something I would never have done living in Canada. So yeah, no, no, I, 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 I have no regrets. Absolutely not one. Do you think you'd feel the same way if you had moved there maybe... 10 years ago, 15 years ago? I don't think so, because I think the time that Emmanuel and I spent together as a young couple, building our life, building our, you know, our, our, our future, buying a home and, and, and things like that. I think I, if we had moved earlier, we wouldn't have been able to do that so well. And, and also, I wouldn't have had my position at McGill, which I feel really was my biggest growth of my entire life. It really took me from being a younger person to someone who is much more comfortable in his skin, much more Mm -hmm. comfortable professionally. And uh, yeah, so no, I I, I don't think it would have been the same. I definitely Mm -hmm. don't think it would have been the same. I think the timing was perfect. I really do think the Mm -hmm. timing was great. I spent 50 years in Canada. I want to spend 50 years in France now. I always said that I'd love to retire in France. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's good food. Mm-hmm. good weather great wine all the time yeah. wine is so unbelievably cheap here it's almost a crime that sounds lovely it's so wonderful that he can think about spending his retirement in france yeah like you said good food good wine awesome weather it sounds pretty amazing but uh you think he misses winters in canada so, no, I don't miss it all. <laughs> the snow, the sleet, the hail, the winds, the temperature drops. I miss none of that. But, you know, I'm in the south of France, all along the Mediterranean. And lo and behold, what happens three years ago? It snowed in Montpellier for the first wow. time in 20 you years. You took it there, Leo. It's exactly. I was like, is Mother Nature following me here? And everybody was, were they all freaking out? Like, what oh, is they loved this? It. And 
No, no, they, they loved it. It was the most magical thing for them. People don't, who don't live with snow and the hardship of snowstorms think snow is great. And it is great. But when yeah. you have to clean off the car every morning or shovel the walk mm-hmm. five times in one day, yeah. you know, and wear an entire separate set of clothing to go to work. What's been the hardest? Like you mentioned the language, like mm-hmm. you, you're at pace now, right? You've caught on. But what's been the hardest change to adapt? To well, definitely the language was the hardest change. And it's taken me a long time to to become fluent to the point that I'm 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 I don't need anyone to be with me when I go around town or do anything. I can do everything on my own. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And it wasn't not always like that. And I had a few moments and a few embarrassing moments, you know, standing at line at the butcher and, uh, you know, in my broken friend told the butcher that I would like him to cut the chicken and I wanted him to guard the queue. And all the little old ladies who were standing in line beside me burst into laughter. I'm like, what are they laughing at? Was it my accent? And then the, the very kind butcher explained to me what a cue was. <laughs> there are moments where we can learn something in this podcast. That yes. They would change. And this yep. is one of them. <laughs> Yeah, so you you went pretty deep into the subject. So what did you learn, Mandana? So, okay, so Kurt, the way that uh, Leo's saying it, we found out that there are apparently many different interpretations of Kurt in French. In one definition is to mean tail, like c'est ma queue, it's my tail. And another one, uh, a definition a little bit more vulgar is regarde son cœur, look at his cock or dick. <laughs> So, okay, why would we look at it, first of all? <laughs> 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 and why are you saying my tail? Oh my god! I, oh my I gotta say, is... sorry, but no. like these examples are like... <laughs> look at the cat's tail, baby! The girl du chat. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I used to be a French teacher. Anyway, uh, moving on, that's a little thing about Kurt. So there we go. Like you said, always learning something new. Did he keep it though? Did he keep it? Yeah, but I I was referring to the end of like the The little bum, right? Exactly, the the butt, which is really great for soup, right? Yep, (laughs) it has a lot of flavor. It does, it does. (laughs) So so yeah, language was certainly a very hard thing. Would you say you had to kind of check your ego and your pride at the door, like just to communicate with people? Like Absolutely, absolutely. So going from being able to communicate very well in your own language to mm. to communicating like a child <laughs> yes, it yes, humbles yes. you it very much mm. humbles you but i think that that was good for me i think i needed that i don't know if i well yeah i needed it i needed that little chat to to kind of put me in my place because you also you need to humble yourself if you want to learn another language yes. you need to know you're not going to get it right you need to know it's going to be monotonous but you also need to know you can do it and it will be glorious when you come out through the other side and you can speak French well, you know? The other thing that was really hard, I can tell you, was to transfer my business to here. 
and to yeah. to try and balance working in Canada, which I still do, and working in, in Europe. And, you know, there's different ways how my website had to get changed uh, mm -hmm. because people in Europe think differently, especially when it comes mm -hmm. to doing events. So, you know, that was a bit of a culture shock. But uh, again, I've had my, my French family and a lot of my French friends here very supportive and helping me how to explain what I do in a European way and not in a North American mm -hmm. way. And there's definitely a big difference. So, I mean, you moved around a lot. You went to Ottawa, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. Toronto, mm -hmm. Montreal. How do you prepare for these types of big changes? Like, like we take it for granted, soul of myself and you, we've all moved a lot in our lives. Mm -hmm. But for those that maybe do one or two moves, what things do you do to prepare for them? Or what do you take into account? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's very helpful that I'm an event planner. So mm -hmm. I'm naturally the keeper of many lists. I am, <laughs> uh, including computerized ones, which you both know from, from working with me. You've seen those lists. Um, yes, and, yes uh, I love yes. those lists. Exactly. They keep me lists. online. And then also, like, just being organized in the sense of knowing how to pack your things. Uh, we ship 26 containers here. And I don't mean, like, shipping containers. It all fit into half of a shipping container. But we did ship a lot of stuff. Obviously, our, all our personal things. But, you know, I shipped dishes. I brought books. Uh, I brought mm -hmm. small pieces of furniture. I brought a partial art collection, you know. And uh, shockingly enough, only one bowl broke in the really? entire move uh, from Montreal to Amsterdam and then from Amsterdam by truck to Montpellier. Yeah, so I think that that was, that was very helpful for me to have that skill set. But I think for people who, who perhaps are not, uh, don't have the same skill set, you just need to focus on obviously the physical aspect of keeping track of what you have, making your list and things like that. But there's a mental and a psychological aspect. You know, you need to just literally take, take offline in your mind the concept of being offended right? Because mm -hmm. you're moving to another country. You're going to say things that are not necessarily culturally appropriate or acceptable. Not that I, you know, I think people are going to go around and say horrible things, but, you know, sometimes just, you know, doing things like here, everyone lines up to get on to the bus. And if you don't mm -hmm. stand in line, it's considered rude. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just little things like that. So I, I would say just keep your mind wide open and be ready for new things and new opportunities including new friends, you know, and I've been very lucky. I'm always meeting people. I'm always connecting with people. So it wasn't hard for me to, to build up a, a network of people here after four years. The first year was hard because I didn't have any friends. I lived with my mother-in-law and my husband worked a lot and traveled. So that was a little hard, but uh, I don't regret any of it. I think it all uh, is for the better and it's all given me uh, more strength and uh, more ability to adapt to change. So what do you miss? What do you miss, Leo? I miss my friends and family, that's a for sure. I miss being in Canada too and having a Canadian culture around me, you know, which I've always said is a combination of British people and American people. Yeah, I definitely miss my friends and family. Do I miss anything else? Some of the food sometimes, some of the ability to order food. Like, oh yeah. Like I know this is a tiny thing, 
pizza is a thin crust thing here. And that is exactly what I don't like in a pizza. Oh, no. I like a thick crust pizza with pepperoni and ham or beef and, you know, just load it up. And it just doesn't exist here. I mean, you can get Domino's, but even Domino's doesn't have pepperoni. It's bizarre. Yeah. So I miss that. Yeah, there's there's one. I miss I miss some Canadian food. Certainly takeout. Oh, I, you know what I miss? I miss a restaurant in Montreal, Buffet Sandu, and it's on Papineau near Mount Royal. And they, <laughs> there's a plug right there. There's still yeah. There's your plug. There's a plug. Buffet Sandu. A shout out to you. They uh, <laughs> they do Asian food, Indian food, French food, and Italian food. They do four different kinds of food, and it's all great. So, just a great place. Yeah, I miss that. How has living in France changed your drinking habits, if at all? <gasps> what well, a horrible question! <laughs> <I'm excited. laughs> horrible question! Oh my gosh! Well, it's horrible the best because question. my drinking habits have increased. <laughs> so, so for the better. For the, well, I, I think so. Um, so I'll give you. Actually, here was a cultural. Th- this was definitely a big cultural shock. I completely forgot about this. Thank you, Saul. When I first went to my parents-in-law's house, they had wine at lunch every day. And I was just like, well, this is nice. You know, and you feel like you're a little on holiday when you've just first moved. So you're like, okay, I'll have a drink. I'll sure. And then, you know, uh, you have, you you do get yourself into some trouble because maybe you drink a little too much. You have to have a nap and that kind of ruins your afternoon. (laughs) Um, so that is certainly changed. Uh, although we do not drink at lunch, uh, as a rule in the house. Uh, but if we're going out for lunch with friends, we will, because that is a very common thing in France. I do drink more wine. That's for sure. But I don't drink hard alcohol anymore. That is, is also something I think, uh, maybe once in a while I'll have a cocktail made by someone if I'm at someone's house, but I have a fully stocked bar and I don't even think we've ever used it. And why is that? Is that a change? Like it used to be different when you were in Canada? Yeah, in Canada, we did a lot more cocktails in our home. Mm -hmm. We'd have people come over for parties and things like that. And we'd have several drinks and then we'd serve wine with dinner. I wouldn't, I never saw wine as a drinking drink. I always saw it with food. And, uh, mm-hmm. and here it's really, it's just become the, 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 the drinking. I remember at events, Leo, you would always say, what is your cocktail drink? What exactly. is the cocktail mm-hmm. drink at your the party? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I so I do. And I'd be like, it, oh my gosh, I don't have one. Exactly. And you got to make one. You got to make one. I do. I, I have done a few weddings here and I do, we do do a cocktail, a signature cocktail for sure at the bar, but I can tell you for the most part, I'm sure it's. Seventy percent of the population is drinking wine all the time, right? And not hard. I was going to ask you: Is wine now your signature drink? Uh, Well, yes and no. My signature drink has and will always be margaritas. I make very good margaritas, and I believe at your baby shower, uh, Mandana, I served margaritas. Oh, good. That is my signature drink, and I I do have a blender here. Uh, I don't, uh, and I can honestly say I've not made any emergency margaritas. Um, emergency. Well, that's how I used to always yes. refer to them as I need an emergency margarita. Please come over. And I'd make people margaritas. But here it's, no, now it's like 
Listen, come on over and I'll open a bottle of Chablis. Do I'll things change? That's incredible. <laughs> they do. It's it's and that's good. You know, the only the only uh, change is the only constant in our lives, and we need to embrace it. We must embrace it. This is an all of our stories fun fact segment. Information you maybe didn't know. Fun fact. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, we move 11.7 times in our lifetime. 48% of those moves are related to housing. 30.3% are family-related. 194 are job-related. And 2.3 is other. What does other mean? I don't know. I was like, okay, so you're not moving because you need a house. You're not moving because you're moving with your family, whether you're breaking mm-hmm. up, getting together, or parents parents whatever maybe it's just for fun other can be like why the heck not close your eyes put your finger on a globe spin it and see where you end up that's where yeah like other they don't, calls. they don't talk about travel we move somewhere temporarily like i moved when i went to university for my co-ops i moved in and out mm-hmm. every yeah. other semester i don't know maybe that is part of the other i like that it's other we'll just keep it as other So what does change mean to you? If you can put it down to like one sentence. Well, I would say that change is the only constant in our lives. Or I would also say change keeps us from being sedentary. You know, you, you <laughs> got to know that it's going, mm-hmm. that, that a change is coming. It will always, things will always change. People will leave your life. People will come into your life. People will pass away. People will be born. And that is, that is, you just have, always need to recognize that, you have to always embrace the change because if you don't embrace the change, it won't go well for you. Everyone mm-hmm. needs to embrace the change. There's a book I read once about change, which I mm-hmm. recommend to all of your, uh, your listeners, and it's called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's Very a book book. about change and change management. And in a nutshell, they created a little labyrinth with rats and in the mm-hmm. placed cheese in one place for the rats to have food. And then after, I think, 30 days, they moved the location of the cheese to four different locations and smaller amounts, but they put it elsewhere in the maze. Now, those rats, who uh, certain rats, would go and find it and would continue being happy little rats and, and doing what you know, little rat things, whatever they do, probably reproducing. Uh, but the ones that did not uh, go and find new cheese died. They starved. Um, and that, that kind of is an analogy for life. You need to embrace the change because if you stay where you are, it's, nothing's going to change or, or improve. It'll just be the same. And To someone who would say to you, that's fine, I get it. But what about when you're going through a difficult change? What would you tell that person? You know, how are they supposed to embrace it? What are some tips you would give them? Because you, mm-hmm. we've all been through yeah. difficult things. Yeah. Leo, what would be your... Of course, I would just say, you know, you got to keep your head up and know that 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 all change will be good, even if it's a difficult change. If it's the loss of someone, it's if if it's the loss of a marriage, or or even the loss of a child. At some point, um, it's it's going to get better. At some point, things will, you'll finally see the light at the end of the tunnel and it won't be, it won't be so hard. Um, and that, you know, the, I think the other, my other 
advice maybe if you're a, if you're having difficulty with change is um, sit down and think about why, you know, now obviously if it's the loss of a child or a parent, you know, I think you've already sat down and thought about why you're sad, but if it's, you know, the loss of a job, um, the move to a new city that you didn't necessarily want to move to, um, and you had to do for work or something like that is you just get, you got to accept those things and, <clears throat> and make the best of it. And then eventually it will become what you want it to be. So you're, you're... I, I like that. And I like how it connects back in my mind. I'm thinking about the rats with mm-hmm. the cheese and it's like a nice solution. Yeah. <laughs> a nice comfort is go look for some. Exactly. Go fi- well, <laughs> that, that, it's actually my motto now. Go find, go the find cheese. your cheese. Go find your cheese before you starve. You know? And you know what goes well with cheese? Wine. You know where I'm going with this? Wine. Wine, Wine goes well with cheese. And olives. And olives. Right? Oh, yes. Olives. Olives. Yes, our olives. story. I love your title, too. All of our stories. All of our stories. Yeah, it's so, so cute. So I, I, I did, uh, yeah, all of our stories. It's a great title. <laughs> yeah, Mandana and I, we discovered we have a lot of things in common. And yeah. one of them is we really love olives. Oh, we love olives. And we, and we kind of grew up with this you know, notion of, of being olive skinned, mm-hmm. which oh, is weird. And we talked yeah. about that, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it's appropriate or not right now, it's, it's another conversation mm-hmm. maybe, but yeah. And it just inspired <laughs> us <laughs> to connect us with, with this olive. And we're, we're hoping to, to talk about olives too, just to lighten up mm-hmm. sometimes what could be like a really difficult conversation. And at the end, we were going to do a little segment about olives. So our question to you is, well, how do you like your olives? Do you like olives? And how do you like I them? love olives. They are always <laughs> nice. they are always on my table when I'm doing an event, especially in my home. There are definitely olives and, uh, and salted cashews, thyme salted cashews. That's another one of my little signature things. And I actually have a little secret. My most favorite olives are olives stuffed with anchovies. They're yeah. just so yeah. tasty, and it's sort of like a little bit of the fish goo and, and a little bit of the olive, <laughs> and it just blends beautifully. Um, I also buy tapenade all the time. I love it. I love it on fish. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful thing. Olives are wonderful. Fantastic. I'm going to have to go get olives now out of the fridge. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have olives, cheese, and wine. <laughs> I've got some in the back of my fridge. You know, they last forever, mm-hmm. right? I do like a, a cumin lamb meatball. Oh. And I, oh, I basically oh, cook it in um, lemon tomato sauce with black olives. And it is just... Oh heaven it's beautiful i am like Leo. i'm like salivating i know i am too <laughs> and luckily enough it's it's quarter to six although i'm having i'm having lamb for dinner it's on the counter resting for before it goes in the oven and now i want to smother it in olives can i ask leo i want to ask you some three sure. quick questions and i don't want you to overthink it i want to give i want you to give me your answers as soon as they come so this is the rapid fire oh no will (laughs) i fall through a trap door if i don't answer correctly (laughs) no 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 i just want we just want to get your first instinct on them i'm ready okay biggest change leaving my first husband Mm -hmm. (gasps) leaving my first husband next change A house in the country. Yeah, that'll be our next big change. But we won't move there permanently, but we'll buy one. And that's all I got. Saul, any rapid fire questions? (laughs) 
you're all warmed mm -hmm. up. Favorite flower. Oh, that's easy. Hydrangeas. Because there are 885 kinds of hydrangeas on the planet. Oh, wow. Yes. That's wow. Mm -hmm. And if Madonna, no idea there were that many. even though Madonna hates them, that's her loss. <laughs> <laughs> favorite singer, favorite singer favorite Barbara singer. Streisand, uh, Judy Garland. I like the old uh, the old time singers. Yeah. Favorite food? Oh, that's easy. Pasta, pasta. Yeah, oh, I love pasta. It's my really? most favorite thing to eat always. Yeah. Over pie. Uh, I do like my pies, you're right, but I don't make them as much as I would make pasta because they're a lot more intensive. I do enjoy my tortillere. I do enjoy my English meat pies too. So yeah. And of course my sweet pies. I like, I want to end it on food. Oh. I, I have no more <laughs> rapid fire questions. I'm going to end it with All food. All right, let's end on pie. Do it. Do it. It's high time for pie time. It's <laughs> another one of my vlogs. <laughs> We're all fired up now. Thanks to your questions, man. I'm so hungry. I am I'm hungry. starving now, too. <laughs> I'm seriously going to open my fridge and take out olives and just start eating nice. them by myself. Yep. I'm going to do the same thing. Don't forget thing. the cheese and the wine. I'm going to okay. do the same thing, but I'm also going to have a glass of Chablis. Thank you for wanting Thank to talk to us. Of course. It's just been lovely. Thank you. That was great. Well, I love Thank you, ladies. You. We take love care. You very much. We love right. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that was a lot of fun. I know. It's been so long since you've spoken. I'm surprised how easy it is to reconnect with someone after so many months and sometimes years. It also, it wasn't surprising to see how open he is to change and to adapting, even after having moved to another country. And I thought it was inspiring. Me too. Me too. And I really appreciate the words of wisdom he shared with us. Mm -hmm. I always appreciate speaking to Leo in the sense that it's always uplifting. You know yes, what I mean? yes. It's not someone who's going to be like, really? You really want to do that? Or did you think about this? This is really like not the best mm -hmm. thing for you. He's more like, that's a, that's a good idea. He will encourage you to do what you want to do and he won't judge you. And if you, if he is worried that something you're doing might be risky or dangerous or maybe not as thought out, he'll, he'll gently probe you to make sure that, you know, you're ready for that next step, but it, it always isn't a positive way. Absolutely. And no matter how serious the topic is, inevitably you end up laughing with Leo, which mm -hmm. is great. It lightens it all up. And, and yeah, and after talking with him, you just want like a glass of wine and some olives and some cheese. <laughs> On that note, we hope you, our dear listeners, enjoyed our first guest as much as we did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so check out our Instagram account where we will post about our next guest. And it's at all of our stories. So O-L-I-V-E-O-U-R-S-T-O-R-I-E-S. Follow us and let us know what you think about what we talked about in the comments. Share your experiences with moving. So about your experiences with the changes around moving. So about the experiences you have had. Okay. Someone's like you're trying to pick up an accent. <laughs> so about the experiences you <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I just had to laugh it's fine it's fine is it, are you sure? yeah 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 okay remember good thoughts good words good deeds till next time, time.